Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brought to you by fine listeners just like yourselves. Just go over to our Patreon page. It's at Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash baseball talk. And you can help sponsor this baseball talk radio show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show for April 21st, 2017. And we got another great show planned for you here. How, you, how are you, Mr. Mack? I'm very good, Mr. Baxter. How are you doing this evening? Not bad, not bad. We got plenty of baseball to talk about, a lot of uh, things in the news, and uh, just a whole lot of great baseball talk coming our way uh, on this edition. Yeah, it certainly is, Rich. You know, the, the stories never stop in, in the game of baseball. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the big things that they're still talking about, this pace of play thing. And, boy, I wish they'd give it a rest for a while. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, talk about the changes in the game. Uh, this past week I was reading a few comments from people, and a lot of people are getting fed up with uh, a lot of the changes that, Happened to run across the story about Chief Wahoo again from the uh, Indians and how the commissioner, Rob Manfred, is seemingly on a mission to remove Chief Wahoo from the Indians' logo and uniforms within the next couple years. Well, you know, I guess we're not going to be politically correct in this, but I, I really think it's, you know, come on. It is something that's been there since uh, probably close to 100 years, um, this logo. And to make this much fuss about it, and it's such a recognized logo, and I don't think people think any ill thoughts about the Native Americans when they see it, you know. I, I just say, you know, man up a little bit there and just accept it and, and go enjoy it. We're too uptight about everything nowadays. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of the commissioner, a few years ago it seemed like the commissioner was just sort of a buffer between uh, management and ownership of baseball and the players. You know, they did very little to change the game itself over the years. Uh, maybe a few things here and there, but nothing like Rob Manfred is starting to do and has been doing since he's got the job. I, I wonder why the baseball purists haven't jumped all over him by now and just tell him to stop, you know, demand him to stop. And uh, that's the way to start this. And and that's a great point, but it seems like he's very proactive. He wants to make all of these changes. He's going to institute some changes without the players, uh, uh, the union that he he wants to institute these things. He's going to do that next year because they didn't approve of it. And I, you know, I think you just got to worry that he's going to screw up the game so bad in his effort to make it faster and. Uh, make it quicker to get more youth in that, you know, the older fans are going to desert it then. They're going to get tired of it maybe. Uh, you know, I, I'm even thinking maybe replay is something they should get rid of because it, it takes so much time. And if they had done it the right way and if they could do it instantaneous and all of this thing, and I don't see why they can't with the technology we have today, then otherwise, I don't know. Just just give it a rest already, and and all these other changes with the time or pace of play. I mean, people are sick of it. You know, I went went to the ballpark, and 
And people said, as I said before, they didn't know what was going on with the uh, unintent, the intentional walk. And and people said, oh, yeah, that saved a lot of time. Just throw the four pitches. So I think people actually want to see it. And, again, it's like we discussed. If you go to the ballpark, you don't mind spending the time there. It's the TV. But I don't know. Are we going to turn this completely into a TV? I, I don't think baseball was ever really a TV game. In fact, just I think it was more of a radio game uh, as a kid because of the way it was. It's connected to the summer. You could be on a beach. You could listen. You could, you, you know. Uh, it's, it's a nice pace for that. And well, I, I don't know. I just get befuddled with this guy sometimes. Yeah. And in the last couple of days, there's been some articles in the newspaper about it. Uh, the LA times had one about the radical changes that Manfred is, uh, proposing to baseball. So he's not finished either. This is just something that he started. And um, he's really not finished with this game. And it's amazing that he's getting so much um, leverage in this game and he's got so much influence in this game. If you remember back to uh, last few commissioners, they weren't as influential somehow as Manfred and they didn't really get away with everything that he's been getting away with. I just, I don't understand why people aren't putting their foot down and saying, Enough's enough now. Well, I guess it would have to be the owners, and, and maybe the owners agree with him on some things. Um, you know, maybe the owners figure that uh, if they can, I, I don't know how they figured, because if if you make the game quicker, that's going to cut down on concession stand sales. But, you know, maybe they don't care about the stadiums anymore. Maybe they just care. There's so much money in a TV package that maybe that's all they worry about. And as long as he keeps producing income for them between the TV package and the sale of uh, uh, mem- not mem- memorabilia, but, you know, the hats such as we're wearing and, and the T-shirts and all of that kind of stuff, that's all they, they you know, that's all they care about. Maybe the days of the, uh, the owners that really care about the game itself have passed. I'll just read a little bit from this article that was in the Los Angeles Times a couple of days ago, and it goes like this. Uh, that might be relatively easy part of the change that Manfred seeks. The much more challenging part involves accelerating action within the game itself and the trial balloons have included restrictions on defensive shifts, altering the strike zone, and limiting the use of relief pitchers. Should Manford really be legislating strategy? Teams now pay millions of dollars to baseball operations executives to devise clever and efficient ways to win. Uh, Manfred quoted here, let's say I decide the root of all evil is the overuse of relief pitching, Manfred said. Another quote, a team that has built its pitching from the ninth inning back to the eighth, back to the seventh, back to the sixth, is going to be more reluctant to look at that rule change than the guy who's got four or five great starters and not quite the same back end of the bullpen. So these are different things that he's throwing out there And I don't get it. I just don't understand why he's trying to toy with this game so much and how he's getting away with it. I I don't either. I mean, how is he going to restrict relief pitching? If a guy goes out there and he's got nothing and he's getting hammered, how is he going to explain that to the fans that – you know what I mean? That uh, the the manager will say, hey, I can't do anything. Uh, The rule is I can't change this guy. So I mean, how do you explain that? To, how do you explain that to the fans? Even if the fans at the stadium or are at home on TV, you still can't. You can't explain that to them, and and that's what it's going to take to happen. You know, um, if they do ever do make a change like that, I don't know. I, you know, the defensive shifts. I, 
Look, we all know how to beat those things. These guys just, I don't know if they're stupid or arrogant enough. You know, you just hit it the other way or you bunt it if you have to. You, we've seen some of that. And that's the way you beat the shifts. And if you keep doing it enough, they're going to eventually stop shifting as much. Um, you want to you want to give um, put you know some kind of restriction on it. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But as far as this with the relief pitching, yes, it's it's time consuming and boring. But again, it's not the relief pitching. It's the, the especially on television. It's the damn commercials because they, they pitches coming in from the mound. We go to commercial. Throw some warm ups. There's a question. We go to commercial. That's where the time is coming in. But they're not going to attack that because, as we said, that's where the money is. And the article goes on a little bit further. Uh, here, I'll just read another sentence. In February, Manfred publicly blamed the players' union right. for a quote unquote lack of cooperation and threatened to exercise his right to unilaterally implement rule changes next year if the players do not agree before then. So it sounds like he's a, a pretty heavy-handed type of uh, commissioner. And I think the time is now to, to put your foot down and say, look, you know, thanks a lot, but no thanks. Well, yeah, but again, it's it's up to the owners. I mean, the only thing the fans could do is to stay away from the game in droves. And 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 have the ratings drop out, you know, and and don't go to the ballpark. But you know that's very difficult to organize. People want to go, um, and it's just it, it it's it's a problem. And is he gonna push himself too far? Where people are gonna say, you know, um, we've had enough with you. That could happen, especially with the owners. They could just get sick and tired of them. That's for sure. So we'll keep our eye on Rob Manford and his proposed changes for the game. And, uh, Gary, a couple uh, shows ago, we got a nice email um, comment, actually, on our YouTube page uh, that you can find right on YouTube if you search the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And uh, it was from a younger guy, I would imagine. Tyler S. is his name. And he said, uh, this was the first episode I've watched of your podcast, and I greatly appreciate your efforts to give fans like me something to watch. Uh, To go along with the theme of the episode, he gave us his predictions. Um, He says he's an Indians fan but watches every Reds, Rays, and Marlins game as well. So uh, he lives in Florida. Just a couple of his picks here. We'll just go over. Uh, He likes the Yankees and the AL East, AL Central, the Kansas City Royals, Texas Rangers out west. Uh, For the NL, he likes Washington, Chicago Cubs. They've started around a little. Yankees World Series. I think wow. I remember that from a few years ago. Wow, that's that's uh, he's got some interesting picks there going on. But uh... well, thank you very much, Tyler, for your comment. You left us on our YouTube channel, and you can also subscribe to our audio only podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio, or over at Podomatic.com as well. So. Keep the uh, articles and letters coming in and comments. And, of course, you can write to Gary over at Gary at BaseballTalkRadio.com or myself, Rich, at BaseballTalkRadio.com. If you have a question or concern or something you think we should cover on an upcoming show, please feel free to uh, let us know. And, Gary, you're about to embark on a nice trip that I think every baseball fan should go to yes yes i'm going to uh cooperstown new york next week gonna spend a few days up at the hall of fame and and uh, maybe we'll have some surprises for the show from that but uh really looking forward to it rich you know i haven't been there in such a long time 
and uh, really want to go and, and see, uh, of course, some of the Mets plaques. Uh, well, there's only two, but uh, <laughs> Tom Seaver and uh, Mike Piazza, of course, and, and you know, check out some of the other guys that did play with the Mets, Willie Mays and, and uh, Nolan Ryan and so forth. And, of course, the Babe. The Babe is the greatest of all time to me, and uh, you got to love to go check out the Babe Ruth uh, displays and uh his plaque and ty cobb and it's just i i'm just excited about the whole thing and i i I can't wait it's it's uh they do such a good job there and and just to see some of the old bats it's it's just incredible you know i watch some of the videos that they have on youtube and uh really incredible when you think of the stuff and and the the gloves they used to wear back in 1905 and stuff were were like winter gloves you know um just incredible and and uh and the stuff that they have is unbelievable there and so i'm looking very for much forward to it very cool have a great time there in cooperstown and uh this past week we had a a big story out west there the San Francisco Giants uh, their ace Madison Bumgarner was announced that he had an injury but it wasn't from baseball it happened to be from a fall from a dirt bike and can you believe a guy like Madison <laughs> Bumgarner is out riding a dirt bike uh, what does he make? About twenty five million. I don't know if he's making that much. He's kind of a a a, a good deal, but uh, you know how stupid can you be? I mean, he's going to be out six to eight weeks now. They say, and and they're off to a terrible start, and this could really kill the season for them. Um, you know, they're playing poorly as it is, and they'll throw into their best pitcher and one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, out for this for two months i just don't get it i you know and it, it goes back there was a, another pitcher a couple of years ago cut his hand open uh trying to cut frozen hamburgers apart you know let somebody else do it or yeah. thaw those babies out overnight you know if you need them uh and of course the famous incident was bobby ojeda when he was with the Mets, he, he cut part of his finger off, uh, uh, trimming his bushes outside. You're making that money. Go hire a, a gardener, you know? What are you doing this stuff for yourself for? Uh, I know they want to be like normal people. I know they are normal people. But, you know, you got to, like you said, you're making so much money. What do you do that in the off season when it doesn't matter? What are you doing it for now? in the season when, when, you know, it means something. I, it's crazy to me. And maybe the reason he was riding his motorcycle or motorbike, dirt bike, he started off 0-3 on the year. Uh, only has a 3.0 ERA, but now, as you said, Gary, he's going to be out probably uh, a month, a month and a half or more, and his team is the one to suffer for it. Yeah, he suffered uh, bruised ribs and a grade one or two AC sprain in his pitching shoulder. And that's uh, according to MLB Network insider Ken Rosenthal. And he is expected to miss six to eight weeks. So, I <laughs> And he wasn't even home. That, that's the other bad part. Now, you get, now you're in this much discomfort and you got to fly back. Uh, it looked like a pretty short flight. I guess it was in Colorado. But still, what you know? Take a cab. Don't don't go out riding dirt bikes. Take a cab. That's wise advice from Gary Mack here on the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And Gary, uh, let's look at the standings a little bit. Uh, give an update for uh, towards the end of April here, almost into our first month of the season. A little shy of that, but. Uh, Looks like every team, as of the time we're doing the podcast here, has about 15 games in. And over in the National League East, it's Washington. The Nationals have been playing pretty well. They're 10-5, and five, leading the way. Uh, over in the Central, it's still Cincinnati. They got off to that hot start. And the Cubbies are now starting to turn it around a little bit. As of the time we're doing this podcast, they have two games in a row. 
uh, winning. They're eight and seven. They've moved up to second place there in the NL Central. And over in the West, big surprise. You've got San Francisco on the bottom of the heap on the top, Colorado still. And Arizona is just a half game behind, so a really big surprise out west there. And uh, Milwaukee's playing pretty good in the central. They're a game above 500, so they're not doing too badly. And uh, I heard this the other day. Um, Pittsburgh is 6-9 is and nine going into tonight's game, but six of their games, they're undefeated on weekends and they haven't won a game during a week yet. So I don't know if that means anything. I don't know what that means, but I believe they're ahead in the Yankees. They're playing the Yankees uh, tonight in Pittsburgh. So maybe that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe that's the only days that they're good at. So I don't know. Very weird stat. And, and Rich, what's up with the St. Louis Cardinals bringing up the rear there at 6-10? and 10? Very surprising numbers there. Yeah, the Cardinals, you can usually count on to do well. Uh, maybe they'll turn it around. The season's still very young. They're only three games back as of the time we're doing the podcast here, but 6-10, and ten, so they, they have a record equal to the San Francisco Giants, both clubs getting off to terrible starts in the 2017 season here. Over in the American League, it's the Baltimore Orioles still leading the way in the AL East. Uh, Two-game winning streak. They're playing uh, Boston this weekend. They're going into a tough season uh, series, rather there with Boston. So we'll see uh, how how strong they are against Boston. Yeah, and Boston's a game behind them right now. And of course, the surprise in the NL East is the Yankees that we just mentioned playing uh, Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, Yankees at ten and five, and and. I got to say, they look pretty good. So far, their pitching's holding up. They're very thin with the pitching, so don't know if it'll hold up all season. But so far, it's held up pretty well, and uh, the young guys have been coming through. They've been hitting a little bit. So, you know, they're in the mix. It's still so early. Everybody's in the mix. But Toronto, Rich, there's another team that's a big shocker. People were picking them, including myself, I think, to win a division. And they're in last at a 3-12. and 12. I mean, they've got looks like they've got the worst record in baseball right now. Yeah, just a 200 winning percentage. They're seven and a half games back already. They've suffered some injuries this year, but uh, just have gotten a terrible start off to the season so far. I'll have to keep an eye on them. And you mentioned uh, the Yankees taking on Pittsburgh. I guess that's one of the first interleague games so far this year. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And uh, uh, like I said, I haven't seen a score. I, well, I saw a brief score before, and I, it looked like they were ahead Pittsburgh uh, early on. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Pitts, Pittsburgh Pirates are a little uh, – Seems a little off balance from what they've done the last couple of years. Uh, they've been struggling a little, and uh, the Yankees playing all young kids for the most part, a couple of veterans, but mostly young kids. They're doing pretty well. Yeah, Pittsburgh's ahead four to one at this point in time. So, um, but you know, again, and 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 Rich, even in the Central, it's well, Cleveland is righted the ship, and uh, but they're still only. Eight and seven, so that's going to be a dogfight. And the White Sox are hanging in there at five at five hundred. Kansas City struggling, and Minnesota's now uh, coming back down to earth after they were in the league. But you know what? They're only two and a half games out. Uh, I'm sorry, they're only a game out of first. And uh, who knows what could happen? And the West is um, Houston's grabbed control of that. And Texas is in last place, and another one of my picks. I got to give up on this prognostication business, Rich, because uh, I'm not doing real good. <laughs> well, the season is young, so uh, you still have plenty of time. I know uh, I talk with a good friend of mine at work, and uh, they're in a pool with teams that they try to pick the teams with the most winners, and he was doing his uh, updated schedule the other day and i says oh you're you're all going to be bunched together within 
two or three games of one another. And sure enough, they were because most of the teams are seven, eight, nine wins, maybe. Uh, so it, it's still young. Uh, as time goes on, though, it, it becomes harder to make up that like your Toronto three and 12. Uh, that That's going to be tough for them. And and as somebody, uh, I think it was Ron Darling said on the radio uh, in an interview that you can't win a division in April, but you can lose one. And, you know, Toronto, uh, they're seven and a half games back already. That's a big nut to, you know, to make up. So hopefully they'll, they'll creep up a little bit, get some guys back, and then make a, a good run. But... Uh, you know, even at the end, almost at the end of April, it's it's uh, you look at that and you got to shake your head, and say, "Man, it could be a big, big, long year for them." Yes, it could be. So, watch that for you as uh, time goes on here in the 2017 season. You're listening to the Baseball Talk Radio Show, brought to you each week by Baseball Talk Radio. And Gary, why don't we take a little break here? And the action will take a little commercial break and we'll come back and wrap the show up, talk a little bit about a hot Cuban import that uh, might make his way over to the MLB just after this break. We want to thank all of our listeners for listening to the Baseball Talk Radio Show. To get in contact with us is easy. You can reach me at rich at baseballtalkradio.com or you can reach Gary at gary at baseballtalkradio.com. You can send us an email or a voicemail. We'd be glad to get it on the program. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Go to our website, mlbthisweek.com, and you can find the links to those areas. On Twitter, we're at MLB This Week. So give us a follow there, and you'll get the latest updates and news from this podcast on when we're doing our shows and our opinions in the world of baseball. And uh, Rich, uh, like to tell the people that they can hear this show as well as your show, Phillies Talk, and and my show, Mets Musings, on the BaseballTalkRadio.com website. And uh, you can listen to over 30 podcasts about baseball, the game. Uh, a lot of them cover individual teams. and uh, but, but everything's covered there. There's a fantasy um, sports, a fantasy baseball site, it's a Japanese baseball site, the baseball PhD was an interesting character. Uh, he's there and he's on there and uh, just uh, everything you want about baseball is at BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows. Yes, sir, Gary. Just check it out. BaseballTalkRadio.com. More shows being added every day, so check it out. BaseballTalkRadio.com And we're back live here talking about baseball on the Baseball Talk Radio Show for April 21st. And Gary Mack, before we went to the break, we're thinking about talking about the prospect coming out of Cuba and before now, I've never heard of his name, but Lewis Robert is his name. Uh, I guess that's how you would pronounce that. But uh, expected to command a multi-million dollar bonus coming out of Cuba. I think he's about 19 years old. Got to turn that on again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, another Cuban uh, um hot shot and uh, we'll have to see what he's got you know they, they, they say there's a bunch of teams interested in him uh five in particular and uh you know um they're always looking for a new outlet to find out where they can get new players from and and it seems like cuba is heating up now uh, I guess they exhausted the Dominican and, and uh, uh, Central America and South America, so they're looking at Cuba again. Cuba again, but um, you know there there is some some history with Cuban players that have been successful and some that have been misses. So we'll see how this all works out. 
Yeah, and I, I'm not quite understanding how this is working. He's 19, but yet he's declared a free agent already. He doesn't necessarily have to uh, follow the minor leagues. He's going to be drafted, uh, apparently, to the highest bidder here. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how these players just pop up out of nowhere, and all of a sudden uh, you've got this kid that's 19-year-old, a, a phenom, as they call him, but, you know, we've seen a lot of fizzles come out of Cuba also. Like, who uh, who breaks these type of players and where do they come from? It's almost like a, a plant that grows and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's 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 interesting uh, where they do come from. But uh, a lot of these guys, I guess, are playing for the Cuban national team and um, – you know, uh, he could end up going to a team like uh, the White Sox or the Padres. Cardinals may be interested. The Reds, Astros, uh, they all have some Cuban players on there. And, uh, you know, it helps to have somebody. Though he's not going to make the, the – they're projecting he wouldn't make the, the uh, majors for another two years. So, um, but I, I think because it's an international signing that that's why he, he's like a free agent. Right. And a lot of these teams go after these free agents. I know the Phillies picked up a guy from Cuba a couple years ago, paid him a few million dollars. He hardly did anything for the team. I think he got injured uh, and he wasn't all as advertised. So I hope some of these teams realize that, you know, sometimes these players are not, what they advertise they are. Yeah, that's for sure. And, uh, but you know, I guess it's, it's a crapshoot, you know, it's like the draft in a way, uh, you, you take the chance and you hope that they, uh, work out and, uh, that that's all you can do about it. That's for sure. Well, we're going along with the show here. Um, Plenty of baseball news to talk about. Gary taking his trip out to the Shrine of Baseball, out to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And if you have any great Cooperstown stories, why don't you uh, send them in to us? We'd love to read a couple on the next show. If you have a memory, specific memory about a trip you may have made to the Hall or maybe some, uh, some tips, send them in to us. We'd love to read them on the next program. And and Rich, uh, yeah, that would be terrific. And and speaking of great stories, did I don't know if you saw this about the uh, farm boy, the the, the kid in uh, I'm not even sure where he was, Iowa. Not sure, but uh, his father surprised him. He's he's uh, works on a farm, his family farms, and uh, loves baseball, plays baseball, watches the games, works hard on the farm, and. Uh, his father surprised him with with something, and I'm gonna. I don't know if I've got this done correctly. Uh, let's see if we can pull this off. You may just get a blank screen. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Uh, <laughs> oh, but anyway, uh, his father surprised him with tickets for all his hard work, and. Um, he was so excited and tearful. He was, he was in tears because it was tickets to go to see the Cubs in June against the Cardinals. And uh, this, this video has gone viral, so you can find it on the Internet. But it was just a great story. And, you know, I hope Rob Manfred watches it because he's worried about kids playing. The kid's not interested in the game. Well, this young man certainly is, and there's tons of of kids just like him uh, around. So, uh, you know, maybe we don't have to pick up the pace. This young man works hard and has a good work ethic, and his his dad gave him tickets. And, uh, and you know, they read about it on Twitter. The uh, the Cubs and Anthony Rizzo said, uh, when you come for the game, I'll have batting practice passes waiting for you. So not only that, uh, not only is it his father buy tickets for the game, he's going to meet some of these Cubby guys now and probably walk away with some nice stash uh, <laughs> as well. So good for him. Uh, his name is Colt Kyler, nine years old. 
and uh it, it's a great story and and uh good luck to you Colt and um I'm glad it's happening to a good kid. Yeah, that is a great story. I love to hear good stories about that. Very few stories come out of the news sometimes that are good, you could say. But yeah, that's great there and uh way to go. Really pulling for you as well. Yep, certainly. Well, the Oakland Athletics have announced a new ballpark site in Oakland. So I guess they're trying to keep the A's there. Of course, they lost their football franchise to uh, Las Vegas. And that's another thing that Manfred was talking about, Gary, uh, being open to the possibility. Welcome to 10 degrees in 90 seconds. uh, The Oakland or another franchise to Las Vegas. So uh, Oakland trying to stay ahead of the game and announcing plans, so to speak, for a new stadium in Oakland. Well, here we go again with the whole betting issue, Rich. Uh, I mean, now it's okay to to get involved with the fan duels and all of that. And uh, and now uh, we're going to have a team, uh, a hockey team and a football team in Vegas. What are these professional sports going to do about that? What are they going to do about the potential for gambling? Um, and yet Pete Rose is still not in the hall of fame. It's, it's just incredible. I, I don't know. You know it, it just kind of makes you shake your head sometime and wonder what the heck is going on. Well, baseball is following the money. There's no doubt about that. And there's plenty of money out in Vegas. Uh, they're going where money talks, uh, I guess you could say. And, you know, of course they're interested in, furthering the game, uh, knowing that they have a lot of fans out there and things, but, uh, interesting to see what happens with that. But, uh, Oakland trying to, um, announce this, that they're going to have a ballpark site, uh, announced at some point, they didn't actually say where it would be or how much it would cost yet, but I think they're feeling the pressure that they just may lose their Oakland A's. And that would be a shame for, uh, Northern California, uh, the Oakland A's in general, uh, their fans, you know, I'd kind of hate to see them move to Vegas. Yeah, it would be, um, keep them there. And, uh, you know, and then what would happen if they moved to Vegas, what would happen to the triple A team that's there? You know, then they'd have to accommodate the the Mets somehow because the Mets triple A team is playing in Las Vegas. So. Um, you know, we'd like to get them out of there and get a team that's closer to home. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, they ended up with, with Vegas. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was a big uh, minor league roulette in the AAA. And, and uh, they moved too slow. It was like uh, musical chairs almost. And they got uh, caught standing and didn't get their butts on a chair. And the only chair left was Vegas. So, um but yeah, Oakland, and they've been uh, jerking around for a while now trying to find a site, and they kept giving him crazy sites and stuff, and now maybe with the uh, Raiders leaving, they're going to get more serious about keeping the A's there, and you know, they've had a history of moving that franchise as well. It started in Philadelphia as the Athletics, moved to Kansas City, and then Charlie O. Uh, Finley took them out to Oakland a number of years ago. And they've been pretty stable there for quite some time, so it would be it would be um, a shame for them to leave. And and you know it's a historical franchise as well. I mean they've had some great teams. They've won a number of World Series titles, and so um, yeah, it's it, it it'll be good if they get to stay there and get a new ballpark because that ballpark is, from what all accounts, is a dump. And, uh, you know, from sewers uh, and toilets uh, backing up into the dugouts and into the clubhouses and stuff. And just it's just a dump. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to see what goes on with that. And I had a uh, conversation with a fellow Phillies fan. Of course, uh, people that listen to the show may know that I do a Phillies talk podcast that you can also find at baseballtalkradio.com, as well as Gary's show on the Mets, Mets Musings. Um, But we were talking about the possibility of the Oakland franchise moving back to its roots uh, in Philadelphia. 
uh, had a few conversations with different people. They believe that the Philadelphia tri-state area would be able to support two teams, especially um, if the A's stayed in the American League, obviously. Uh, it would be a real great thing to have a national and American League team in a in a big city like Philadelphia. I think the problem, though, Rich, you run into is the whole uh, location thing. The Phillies would probably have to approve it, and if they didn't want it, they you know that would kill it right there. That's the whole thing that kills a lot of stuff. You know, I get a kick out of uh, people complain on on the internet about the as I said, the Mets having a Vegas team, and they say, why don't they just move them to Brooklyn, or why don't they move them here? They got a stadium. In. Well, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you can't just move a team to Newark, New Jersey, or Camden, New Jersey, because there's a st- stadium there. It, it's the stadium's got to meet criteria. And then the Phillies would have to give, I forget what, what it's called again, Rich. Maybe you know that that uh, certain area, 50-mile radius, or whatever it is, that they have to, you can't do anything. And, in fact, that's what's kind of hurting any expansion by Major League Baseball because there's a lot of the territories that they would want to go to is within the radius of another team, and they would have to get permission for that. And we know when the Nationals moved there to uh, Baltimore, Baltimore hung them out like, a you know, they wanted so much money and fought them in court for, you know, for a couple of years over TV rights and stuff. And and I don't know, is Washington actually paying some of their TV rights to the Orioles? It, it's just, it, 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 that's one of the rules they should try to change, but the owners will never go for that. But like you said, it's not that simple just to move the athletics back to Philadelphia because I don't think the Phillies would want to have the competition in town. Probably not. I wouldn't think they would, but you can always dream. But uh, getting back to a a place where Major League Baseball would probably expand at this point, I guess you could say um, probably Montreal again. We see a lot of games going on there, a lot of spotlight being shown. Montreal again, seems like they're pushing that. And now the Vegas. So you've got Vegas sort of off off the beaten trail of of L.A., quite far away from there. They're not going to steal any fans from there. somewhat close to Colorado, but then again, you know, the mountains are all between that. So I think if you do see a major league expansion in the next three years, you might see those two cities uh, pick up a team, Montreal and Las Vegas. Yeah. I I would think that they would be the most obvious choices because they may be clear of uh, the, uh, the whole uh, location thing. So we will see if they decide to expand, you know. I mean, they've got teams in trouble now. Do they move them or, you know, Tampa Bay still can't draw. Um, Miami built that big stadium. They're not leaving anytime soon, but they can't. They don't really draw that well either, um, and they're looking to be sold. So uh, rumor has it that Derek Jeter and uh, perhaps uh, – uh, now I hear Tom Glavin is getting involved in in a group to try to buy the Marlins, uh, as well as Jeb Bush. So uh, a lot of craziness going on here. But the thing that stops them again, as I said, is that location deal. And um, but as you said, Montreal seems to be a good pick. But it has to be a National League team, don't you think? Mm, I would think so but um i wouldn't be opposed to having vegas being a national league team either and then you have the whole problem though rich about uh the uneven schedules then we'd have 17 teams in the 16 right in each league now i believe so yeah or is it 15 hmm. well, see what research. happens we see what happens when you get old folks you're uh your <laughs> your memories start to go. It's like five in each division. 
Uh, so that'd be so. There's 30 teams. There's 15 teams in each league. So that would make it 16 teams. So that would throw a division out of whack. Do you go to four divisions then? Uh, there's a lot of stuff to consider when 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 you do an expansion like that. So, um, I I personally would like to do set up anything that would get rid of interleague play because I think that's hurting the game. Um, it was much better when I was a kid, at least I think so, when you never saw anybody in the National League or the American League except the All-Star Game and then the World Series. That was much better. It 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 put a more uh, emphasis or interest into the World Series and the All-Star Game. Because you just didn't see these guys. We, you know, you'd read about Willie Mays. And you know what, Rich? They could do it again. Because with TV, you get, you can see these guys all the time anyway. So, um, if, but in their respective leagues, you know, a lot of the argument for interleague play was you, you never got to see some of these stars playing in your home stadium. But, but now you can. I mean, now, now you, you don't need to see them in your home stadium. You can see them on TV. And you could see them then, but there wasn't the amount of games that there's on now. And with the MLB package, if you really want to watch them, you can watch them there. So I, I don't buy that argument. I think you go back, and it would bring more meaning back to the All-Star game. Plus, it would bring more meaning back to the World Series, I think. And, uh, you know, we just have to see what they decide to do. I don't think they're listening to us, though. So, <laughs> Well, you never know. But uh, we come up with a good idea every now and again. Every now the only and then. rule change I really like so far that I've noticed is the 30-second rule to institute a replay. Now there's a, a a sense of urgency amongst these teams. They know they only have a few seconds to decide yes or no. Uh, last year, it was a joke. It, it seemed like it took a minute and a half for some of these teams to, to come back and say, yeah, we're challenging the play. Uh, it, it was just an absolute terrible situation last year, but I like this 32nd rule now. Uh, everything happens like it's supposed to, uh, for the most part, I don't know. Another thing about that is I don't know that they should be able to use a phone to call upstairs. I think that's kind of cheating. Like if, if you can't tell from the field that there was a play that needs to be reviewed, why should you be able to call a television booth and ask them even for a 32nd time period, uh, whether you should challenge the call or not? I think that's sort of, in the gray area of, of sort of cheating, really. Well, I, you know, they've, they've allowed it. So I don't, you know, you'd have to say, I don't think it's cheating, but, uh, and really the dugout one's one of the worst places to watch a game from. <laughs> if ca in case anybody ever, uh, thought it was so great to be that close up, you really don't see a lot. Uh, it's a tough place to see a game from, uh, and, and, in that instances, but, um, yeah, I agree. I, it just takes too long though with, with the replay officials, they should be on this game. If they've got a guy or two guys from every game, they know if there's a close play that they might get a call. And they should be go, hey, Joe, check this out right away. What do you think? And it should be done that way. And if you can't make a decision within a minute or 30 seconds with that, you know, that this guy is safe or out. Then, I mean, because, you know, there's even times when it's very obvious on the video and they're taking their time. And and you're you're sitting there at home wondering, well, look, I can see it right. They showed me two views. It's obvious the guy was safe. What are you taking so long for? Or you could have the fans decide put a <laughs> Well, that would always go to the home team though. Special <laughs> phone number that you <laughs> like American Idol, right? You vote. <laughs> you got forty five seconds to vote. <laughs> 
right. Just uh, to close the podcast out here, we'll go over some of the power rankings on ESPN. I know we talked about that a week or two ago. That was pretty fun. Uh, moving up from number five, which was their week one ranking, is the new top team, the Houston Astros. No surprise there. They're uh, burning up the field, doing quite well. Uh, number two, they dropped down from one. Chicago Cubs still holding an edge there, according to ESPN. Um, Baltimore Orioles moved up a spot. They're a number three, according to the rankings here on the power rankings. And number four, Gary, I think you'll be interested in this one, the New York Mets. They started out the first week ranking number 11. They're number four this week. Yeah, and I think, uh, un- uh, unfortunately, uh, Rich, or fortunately for the Mets, but unfortunately for you, they, they hit a lot of home runs when they were played in Philadelphia last week, and that helped them go up the rankings. But um, it's still only 500, and, and to me, it's kind of a useless stat. It just means that they were hitting a lot of home runs and, and – uh, Unfortunately, as uh, they're still trying to hit home runs, and they're not in Philadelphia anymore, so they're missing a lot of balls. Though they did hit a couple tonight, I have to say, um, to stay in this game with Washington. But um, yeah, that's it's 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 a good stat, but I don't know. To me, it's it's in the whole ballpark of exit velocity, and what does it mean? It really doesn't mean a heck of a lot. Yep, rounding out the uh, top five, the Washington Nationals moved down from number three, week one ranking. They're now at number five. So there's your top five on the power rankings, according to ESPN for this week. Well, Gary, it's been a fast podcast. Talked about some great things in baseball, and I want to wish you a great trip out to Cooperstown. I can't wait to hear your uh, talk with them uh, on a future show and uh, you have a great time. Uh, thank you, Rich. And, and uh, we hopefully will be back to do a show next week. Uh, I think I'll be back in town. If not, we can do it from the road maybe. So we'll be on next week doing something. Very good. So check it out. The baseball talk radio show. We'll talk to you next week about that great game of baseball. Everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.